Welcome to Ponda Talk, I say. Loris.com's Politics and Culture Podcast. And oh, sweet Paula Abdul's inflamed liver. It has been a while since all of the pundits have been in the same room together. Uh, Galen and Aaron are back with us from their respective stints in rehab. Uh, uh, prison. Well, it, that is as part of your parole. Uh, oh, rehab oh, was involved. Oh, uh, it I'm was stipulated. Supposed, not supposed to discuss that on the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you, you were in prison for calling Isaiah Washington a bad word. <laughs> that was really more of my glug glug, vroom vroom, <laughs> smack. But we're all I, we're all friends here. We that's can right. talk about. It. We need to, and that's that's part of the process of rehab. Admitting you have a problem, that's right, and airing <laughs> your your respective problems, um, and that's what the show's about. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it's, it's, it, we're we're actually naked right now in the studio. We will be hugging a lot. We'll be uh, passing a baton from uh, one to another, uh, talking about how much we hated our moms, exactly, and how much we wanted to fuck our dads, uh, or yeah. Um, he was a handsome man. <laughs> and then I stabbed my eyes out with knitting needles. Uh, but again, in, in the name of transparency, uh, Galen received intensive sensitivity and anger management training. It's true. Uh, after calling Aaron the, uh, the F word, and it's a, it's a word I can't repeat on the air. Fuck ugly. Uh, well, well no, mostly because it's an obscure Scandinavian slur. Oh, that's right. Uh, making fun of Aaron's Swedish heritage. There's a lot of vowels and umlauts in it. I think it's an armchair at Ikea. Somehow um, ends up a swan-shaped dress. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real bastard, isn't he? Yeah, I know. But uh, again, thankfully, uh, uh, Galen has received the help that he needed and has found Christ and is now... Uh, Surprisingly, he was under the sofa. <laughs> uh, and, and again, welcome back. Yeah, we, we, uh, we appreciate the trials that you've gone through. <laughs> as soon as I get the low jack off, I'll be back more. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it's, it's not to minimize Aaron's own journey That's through, right. That's through, right. through psychological and, and physical rehab, uh, mostly for methamphetamine addiction. Yeah, methamphetamine, pills, booze... Um, you name it. Yeah. Booze and pills. Right. <laughs> Booze and pills uh, stuffed inside of young boys. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and it, I, I really shouldn't have brought it up. Sorry. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's, it's still an open wound for you. Uh, but speaking of traumatizing open wounds, and by God, we've been off the air for a while, so uh, we just need to jump right into it. Bush's State of the Union address. I know it's actually kind of stale so far as topics go. However, we can use this as a springboard to discuss the current State of the Union. Um, mostly a uh, ignored State of the Union, as they always are, is competing against American Idol, I believe. So nobody watched it. And everybody lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think American Idol kicked its ass. Oh, it wasn't even close. I know personally I was watching American Idol. <laughs> <laughs> Out of spite, you don't even like American Idol, but you were watching it just so you wouldn't have to watch the State of the Union. I absolutely hate American Idol, but somehow I find myself watching it every single night. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a bad train wreck. You you don't want to look, but you, you do. Yeah. And I don't know. the fact that you mentioned train wreck, perfect segue into Bush's performance. And I could make some sort of crack about Simon Cowell making some sort of crack about Bush's performance, but I won't. Because it's bad enough on its own. And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Bush's State of the Union tanked. 
Um, the domestic proposals that he mentioned were just bizarre and uh, didn't go anywhere. And his Iraq policy was, um, shall we say, received bizarre and it's just not going anywhere. A a chilly reception even from members of his own party. Um, But before we get into those specifics, just like sort of a few of the the weird tidbits from the State (laughs) of the Union. Um, He started out, Bush did, very graciously and commented on how he was the first president in American history to say the words, Madam Speaker. It was very, oh, nice show of bipartisanship, and he was being big about himself. But not less than a minute after that, he turns around and calls Nancy Pelosi's party the Democrat Party. Repeatedly. Repeatedly, which is a derogatory term uh, for the Democratic Party. Used up on Fox News and other places. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, aching to like... Snow. Yeah, I know. It's like aching to call a communist a commie or, uh, or calling a Republican a uh, petulant asshole. Well, he was asked about it uh, in a really soft, really stupid interview uh, on NPR um, like the other day. And he's like, well, it was just an accident. You know, I'm not very good at pronouncing words. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's intentional. He just yeah, um, of course uh, it it's is. It's a it was a slap in the face uh, in what should have been a a presidential and bipartisan presentation in which he he acts as the president of all of the United States, but instead he uses it as a little rhetorical bitch slap to Nancy Pelosi. This and is her because party. it's it's an important part of his character to realize he is a pity a, just a petty petty little thug of an idiot, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like high school bullying. <laughs> yeah. Um, he hasn't matured much beyond his days as a male cheerleader at Yale. Right. Um, <laughs> the other funny, <laughs> and this one was just out of left field. Nobody really knew what this was about. Uh, but you know how, like, up in the uh, the balcony, there's always somebody sitting behind the first lady. Oh, that uh, presidents. It's become a tradition. Uh, where presidents point out somebody who like sort of embodies the American spirit, or or is. Um, uh, been in the news for some sort of noteworthy achievement. And f- this year, for example, there was the guy who selflessly jumped uh, on top of uh, uh, somebody who was having a seizure on the New York subway and saved his lives. So that's right, everyone. And the guy's up in the balcony, like, pointing it with both hands, going, you the man! <laughs> now they you the man at the president. When... <laughs> so there's him, and that yeah. was nice. And they also had an Iraq war vet who was injured. And, you know, again, you know... Uh, Public service, good, courageous, great. And then sitting next to these two, what could, I think, be defined as genuine heroes, was the founder of the Baby Einstein Company. The, Once <laughs> the, again. The, the toddler and infant for-profit educational video company. Well, you have to understand that they suddenly realized they needed a woman, and they looked at what website was already up on the computer at the library because someone had been there a moment before, and randomly, it was her. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't have anything really bad to say about the Baby Einstein Company, but, but if I, that's the best thing you can come <laughs> with of a hero who would actually go there for Bush, uh, the only thing I can think of is that you know. Uh, the president was just sharing some of his own personal interests. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to know what Roberto Gonzalez is reading to the president <laughs> at night when he's being tucked in for bed. <laughs> but baby Einstein? <laughs> I don't know. Well, he was he was uh, setting the sights high because the uh, author of uh, The Very Hungry Caterpillar is dead. <laughs> I, I was expecting as he was like, uh, I didn't watch it. I listened to it on the radio. So I wasn't able to see Bush's sort of... Uh, um, 
arrogant, petulant uh, facial tics or anything. Uh, and I was not able to see him apparently coming close to groping Nancy Pelosi's breasts, which I heard happened. I don't know yeah. for sure. It's, it's, it was, I have to say, I watched it. I, I didn't watch it the night it happened, uh, but I watched it later when I could uh, pause it and stop it and stop watching it and, and go scream out a window or something. <laughs> and I have to say that the whole thing really, to me, it had this weird feeling like it was an episode of The Office. It was like sort of documentary film. People were saying weird, totally inappropriate things, not knowing how to respond to each other. Pelosi didn't know when to clap, accidentally clapped and stood up at the wrong thing, looked embarrassed, sat back down. Mm. Dick Cheney kept shooting her the, you know, <laughs> the uh, stare of death and, and looking at everyone else as if if they didn't clap, he'd blow up their mind with his mind. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of, it was very, uh, very humorous in a sort of depressing way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, it, it was it was an even weirder, more useless State of the Union than, than we've usual. come to expect yeah, from was... this president or any president. Uh, didn't even bring up Katrina. No, they didn't mention it once. Uh, brought up terrorism a lot again. Surprise. Yeah. Be very afraid, mm-hmm. as his slogan is. And the, the, the one domestic policy platform he mentioned like you cars that run on cow shit or something but, but he want, he wants to put everything in ethanol which is actually though it's it's renewable more wasteful than oil no but you got to suck up to Iowa uh, right. because it's first in the nation caucus so you right. got to say ethanol a lot right uh, and that's good for both parties. So and you're going to see both ethanol. parties saying ethanol quite a bit and he wants to campaign. he wants to get away from uh, um Gasoline, yet at the same time he sets like mileage things, and he's talking about, it and everyone's clapping for him, like really low mileage standards, which he has no intention of pushing for anyway. So right. It's uh, it. Not only is it not enough, but uh, even that little pittance of a gesture of increasing cafe standards, he, he's just farting that out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and trying to run a car on it. <laughs> uh, but the, and then the other uh, the other domestic policy plank in his platform that he brought up was Which immigration. Walk. Uh, yeah. It was immigration and the, the guest worker program, right. which everyone in his party hates. Uh, and it completely pisses off the like sort of Lou Dobbs slash Toby Keith crazy racist wing of right. the Republican Party, which is a broad <laughs> plurality of the Republican Party. So you had shots, from what I hear, again, I didn't watch it, but I hear you, you had shots of, like, certain xenophobic congressmen, yeah, like yeah. Dana Rohrbacher from California, just going, no, shaking his head, no. and, and then, And then, weirdly enough, clapping an instant later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm on over by it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just another surreal example of the kabuki theater that is the State of the Union address. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you had all that uh, weird, meaningless, useless domestic policy stuff that he, even if he had an intent to try to push forward, he hasn't the ability to because he's worse than a lame duck president. He's like president on the verge of impeachment. <laughs> so there's really nothing he can do. So the only thing that this president has left is his commander in chief status. Which he's very proud of. Yes. And so that leads us to the Iraq surge. And... He basically used the State of the Union as an opportunity to beg, grovel, and plead the the Congress not to cut off funding for his surge. Basically, his his pitch was, give it a shot. Come on, guys. <laughs> give me a chance. <laughs> Put me in, coach. And by the way, if you don't, the terrorists have won. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But so yeah, you had uh, Bush's uh, twenty one thousand new troops surge, which are actually going to be old troops with uh, extended stays. And in fact, it's probably going to be somewhere up and around the realm of thirty to forty thousand troops uh, back door. But nobody likes this plan. Generals don't like it. Republican senators don't like it. Troops don't like Troops it. Troops don't like it. Iraqis don't like it. No, nobody likes this. Uh, it's basically just an effort for Bush to run out the clock on his presidency so he doesn't have to be the one to pull out, so he doesn't have to be the one uh, that is labeled as the loser of the Iraq war. Well, he's he's clearly uh, so concerned with how the world, his, his legacy. He was even asked about it on that same really lame interview on NPR. But uh, the guy who's doing the interview, I forget his name right now, but it was the most soft-pedaled dumbass interview. <laughs> well, NPR's been cowed because uh, they've been threatened so many times with having their I, funding cut by I, the Republican overseers. I forget. I wish uh, this guy, I should know his name because he annoys me in everything that he does. He's one of the worst journalists and why he still has a job, I don't know. But he's, uh, <laughs> he the, asked the president about his legacy. The president's like, oh, I'm not concerned about that. And he was like, you could hear in his voice that he'd struck a nerve. And being the ass that he was, the reviewer then immediately backed off and didn't push the ass. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh. Uh, but, but, but Aaron, yeah. Surge, I mean, is, does there, is there anyone who likes this plan? No, I, well, there's a, there's a couple of generals who support it, and, of course, the president who supports it. But And the makers it, of Surge. And the makers of Surge. Exact. Good point. Good point. <laughs> caffeinate. We didn't think of the marketing potential hey, for this. If you caffeinate twenty thousand soldiers, they're like forty thousand. They'll kill anyway. anybody. Exactly. But th- this goes against uh, essentially what every all the experts. It, it goes against what what they've been trying to say to fix the problems in Iraq. And I think that even the even troop surge, when you hear about John McCain and and some other people who are suggesting that we put more troops into Iraq. I think when they're talking about troop numbers, they're thinking more of like 50 to 100,000 troops to get the job oh, yeah. done. So it's like not only are you putting a surge of more troops in, but you're only putting 20,000, which brings the troop level up to what it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Well, the, I think here one of the main reasons is they can't do more than that because there aren't more than that. Yeah, again, no, they're, the reason they're achieving this number is that they're extending – uh, deployments. They're they're calling up reserves again, mm-hmm. um, even though they shouldn't be. And uh, as Aaron mentioned, this is about the fifth surge <laughs> that they've tried in Iraq. They've yeah. they've been doing this back and forth. Uh, and after this surge, this will not even be the peak number of soldiers that we've had in Iraq. Right. Um, so again, it's a continuation Which, of the failed policy. Well, and, and it is, by the way, an escalation. Yeah, an escalation. We are using his language by calling it a surge. However, surge now has a negative uh, connotation to it because Bush has used it. So we can call it a surge. It's just as bad now as escalation. In fact, escalation sounds more clinical and military-like. It does. Well, I think this is essentially the last-ditch effort of the Bush administration to try to solve the problem in Iraq. They think that... More violence. They believe believe that a troop surge is going to solve the problem. And I think that most people... Most people believe that it's not going to solve the problem at all. And even most Republicans that are supporting the president's surge are are basically saying, look, we're going to support you till maybe the end of the summer, beginning of the fall. And if this doesn't work, sorry, we're not on board anymore. So if this fails, and I don't think that there's any reason to believe that it's not going (laughs) to fail, he is going to lose 
supportive even all the conservatives in his own party. Well, I just get the general so, impression that like someone he got the Iraq study report and then he immediately began saying he was reviewing it. Then he and immediately then, pissed on it. Well, no, no, I think that he was like you're reviewing it and everything else and what happened when his aides told him what they had read in it is he's like, "Well, that sounds hard. What can we do that's <laughs> easy?" And they're like, "Put more troops in." All right, that's our plan. Announce it uh in January so I have time to think about how to say it. And the main reason the wrong. main reason the Bush administration was opposed to the Baker Hamilton Iraq study group suggestions is that it recommended we like grown-ups sit down and talk with Iran and Syria. Right. However, since we're planning to invade Iran, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you just don't sit down and talk with somebody you're about to invade. You might accidentally not invade them. (laughs) You might actually find a diplomatic solution to all of this, which would completely uh, run against your whole point, which is to reshape the Middle East into one giant U.S. military base. Well, and I think actually, yeah, exactly. Uh, And not only that, to spread democracy by way of death. All over the Middle East for a brief few minutes before the Democratic leaders are thrown out by another right-wing nut. Um, But I also think that the interesting thing is that there's a Syria who we know exists, but we don't hear much about because we hear so much about Iran. Um, And there's uh, some question as to, because of all this publicity, will Syria become more extremist? and uh, elect a nut job so that we pay more attention to them, too? (laughs) And, of course, the irony of all of this is that uh, President Ahmadinejad of Iran is widely despised by his own people. He's basically like the Middle East equivalent of Bush. Yeah, they should get, <laughs> you know, they should he's, get together. He's, he's a big mouth. You know, he's got no a, sa- a saber-rattling foreign policy, and he's despised by his own electorate. He, he is, he's, I mean, when you are parodied I wish Iran, these two would just fucking get it over with. Well, when, you, when you're actually, when people dislike you enough to actually parody you in Iran, that's a lot. And that means they no longer respect you. They need to start a support group. Yeah. And just have uh, Bush and him head off in the hills and run around naked or something. And then we can all yeah, get on man. with the rest of our lives. Yeah. Get that fire in the belly. Reclaim it. Um, well, I, I still just find it amusing that I thought the whole point of the Iraq study group was so that Bush was going to essentially adopt all of the recommendations and try to get out of Iraq with some sort of and that's what dignity. Every, yeah, that's what everyone assumed. You and had then, magazine covers saying, finally, we have it a solution. Bush has a political out. It's bipartisan. So right. like, it's like the perfect uh, exit. For him politically, for him to, you know, save face and, and pussy out in Iraq. Yeah. I honestly, but that's how he saw it. He saw I, it as pussying out. Yeah. Like, agree, no, I'm not doing that. I agree with you. I don't think that he thought that the end result of the Iraq study group was going to be what it is. And I think that you were right. I think he doesn't want diplomacy. He doesn't want to talk to Iran. And he doesn't want to talk to Syria. Despite the fact that I think that the store, at least most people, don't think that we need to sit down directly with them but have more of a middle eastern conference in which you get everybody in the region together which would be smart which would be smart and it won't i mean if the u.s wants to play it off like we're not negotiating with rogue states that's the perfect way to do it well and i the thing is i actually think there is something to do with like bush's idiotic machismo uh, where i think that he thought if he adopted them people would remember them as winning the war <laughs> but, then, but then why did he set it up in the first place? Uh, he I mean, didn't He didn't want to. He was, he was under uh, intense political pressure from his daddy yeah, but he <laughs> and, but and the he elders did, of the Republican but he Party. he didn't have to allow the Iraq study group to happen. He didn't, yeah. he didn't have to. No. Uh, and, 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 Dipl- my, diplomacy, but I think the other point, too, is that 
they did they recommended withdrawal. I mean, more or less. Yeah, no, withdraw. no. And Bush doesn't want that either. Because also, he doesn't. He doesn't want to. He doesn't. He doesn't want, want to be to labeled the, the loser. Well, I think he's dumb and arrogant enough to actually think they would look at all and go, "Well, you're doing a pretty good job." <laughs> yeah, I say. <laughs> I say, oh, you're not recommending a surge? Yeah. What? Uh, well, they, I think that's what he thought that they were going to recommend. Uh, probably, probably, yeah. Uh, even though everyone knew heard? that this was just going to be a gussied up excuse uh, for uh, redeployment, withdrawal, whatever you want to call it, just right. us getting the fuck out of Iraq. <laughs> that was going to be the, the point of the Iraq study group. However, as with all of the motivations of the Bush administration, we don't know if it was just ego or if it was just political considerations or if it was this confluence of two or if they like really ideologically believe that they can win this i think they still i think it's partly ego and i think ideologically i think they they still believe they can win i, I think mean, i still think they have this vision of completely changing the middle i East, think, think wolfowitz and cheney are the, and like the project for the new american century really do think that they will People will they will win and people will suddenly. Oh come no, no, no! Because it. even well, the neocons listen, have backed off from Bush saying well, that he some, did. He some of he screwed it up from the beginning. Like he have. took well, their great idea and didn't execute it well. Right. That's that's the neocons. <laughs> it's because neocons are fucking morons. But <laughs> they they still believe that you can reshape the Middle East. But you're right. They think that Bush just completely screwed it up. Yeah. So they still they still have the same beliefs, but. Yeah, uh, no, there are know, those sta- standing behind him, such as Wolfowitz and and Cheney is. Well, you listen to Cheney and Wolfowitz and uh, you know other neocons. I mean, you you hear the same thing that they were saying two years ago. Oh well, the media just says that everything's going bad, but look at all the schools we're creating. Look at the infrastructure <laughs> we're creating. Look at how much happier people are. I think that they yeah. really in in their heads they believe that the picture in Iraq is a lot rosier than it really well, is. Well, Cheney apparently spends every morning watching Fox News. He will, and he actually has on demands. If you, because, if you hire because, him, if you have him as a speaker, the, uh, the, this is actually was like a document, that, a memo that was found sent to a place where he's going to stay. All the TVs in the room where you <laughs> stay have to be turned to Fox News. And like I the, think the man is so delusional that he actually thinks he's winning. Well, Dick Cheney, no, no, Dick Cheney he wants the hard-hitting unvarnished smoke blown up his ass exactly. every day. He doesn't want it held back at all. He With, wants every last ounce of smoke up his ass. And then kisses all yes. over his yes. ass. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it's ego, too. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I think these guys don't want... You, we're talking about Bush's legacy earlier. Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't right. want to be the one who looked like he screwed Iraq up. Yeah. So let's just have a troop surge. Let's just have violence for two more years. Surely he knows that he's a lame duck president. He's not going to get anything done. And you just wait for either a Democrat or possibly a Republican to win in 2008. Then all of a sudden it's their it's problem. their problem. Well, the, which, man, the man is so concerned about his legacy, he's already trying to set up his presidential library, which is Which fact, nobody wants. Nobody wants. Nobody wants in Texas. It is a joke and the funniest part the is, doesn't read. And the funniest right? part is, is that uh, he, he had to go for the university that Laura graduated from because – Little secret, 
Bush wasn't born in Texas. Yeah. He was born in Connecticut. Exactly. <laughs> which, he, which nobody likes to talk about because well, they, they wanted to, you know, turn his boyhood home in Connecticut into a museum, but they didn't want that sort of uh, tarnishing his legacy as the brush-clearing cowboy. Right. Well, what, one of my things, I, I just point this out every time we tell you this past. If you watch, like, interviews from 10 years ago, he doesn't have the Texas accent. Oh, no, no, it's no. entirely fake. <laughs> he, he, he actually, there have been people come out who have admitted to being hired, like, accent coaches yeah. to help him get his Texas accent uh it's actually it, it's not a texas accent he actually had a, a mild stroke yeah uh, in the early 90s from all of the cocaine that he did and so he speaks with a bit of a drawl now <laughs> excuse me after he found jesus right <laughs> uh but this then again going back to the bush administration's motivations um i think that primarily yes they want to punt this yeah. They, I think oh, yeah. that um, at least some of the grown-ups in the Bush administration know that Iraq's done. Like, that it's lost. They can't do anything anymore. So that, all they're trying to do now is run out the clock on his administration so he doesn't have to be one to make that decision to pull down the troops. However, I'm also uh, wondering if maybe they just want to stay there so that they can find an excuse to invade Iran. It's possible. Well, and I think that's what's coming at this yeah, point. Yeah. But, but there's no seems, way. Well, I we know don't have the military for it. No, there's no support there's, for it. Even re- there's not. But he it, doesn't know I, that. Yeah. I, I think that it's. it almost seems that at this point that their exit strategy for Iraq is to Iran. <laughs> to Iran. <laughs> well, I he, mean, that, that's almost what, what they're arguing. Well, and I mean, Bush they're saying has, that the reason why we're not winning in Iraq is because the Iranians yeah. are involved in Iran. Yes, even though Iraq, there's no proof and, of that. Yeah, they said they well, there's, the, a little bit, there's a little bit of proof, but not, not enough but we're, to justify... We're, we are sort of going out of our way to provoke a response. We actually sent troops into an Iranian embassy, yeah. captured Iranian diplomats that were there by invitation of the Iraqi government. Right. Um, we have well, the, uh, sent an aircraft carrier to the Gulf to just sort of hover outside right. of Iran. You know... Just in case. Well, the thing don't is, mind us. There, there's supposed evidence is that Iranian-made weapons have turned up, and and that that actually does. Oh nothing. yeah, the IEDs, which are made out of like Clorox, right? <laughs> in it, a it tin has, can. Well, not only that, but like like weapons that they have the serial number. They go back to you know the, the stuff that we sold Iran. <laughs> but but if you look at it, it also comes down to the fact that there are in fact more insurgents using American weapons that they bought from arms dealers over there than any Iranian weapons. Yeah. I think that uh, what, what the other thing that, that is part of Bush's psychological makeup is he really wants to be a, you know, uh, a king or something. He is still, even in his lame duckness, attempting to centralize and, and grow the presidential power. He's pushing for a line item veto and things oh, like and that. Oh, the be- the, and he's insane. He wants, a, to, be, he wants best, to be a king. The best new expansion of the unitary executive theory, which is another way of saying uh, the emperor. <laughs> right. Um, it's that he recently signed an executive directive, which, of course, requires no congressional approval or oversight. It's just the president saying, I can do this because I'm president. He is now appointed overseers for every major uh, uh, government committee, every major congressional committee, so that every new piece of legislation has to get um, uh, approval from this presidential appointee, this political Which appointee. is, in fact, a breaking of the uh, the, th- the three... Uh, yeah, separation, separation. of uh, powers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and that's the hubris involved. That plays the hubris, about, and which leads to the Iraq-Iran policy. Um, well, and, and just as a side note, have you been watching the uh, um, Alberto Gonzalez uh, thing? Some. Well, it's... 
it's amazing what Gonzalez says he has the right to do. <laughs> it's just fucking stunning what he thinks he has the right to do because the president says so. Yeah. Uh, I think in, uh, it was either him or Condoleezza Rice that asked uh, if the president has the authority to attack Iran without congressional approval. Yeah. And I believe it was Condoleezza Rice. And her response, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. <laughs> her exact words. And and Gonzalez has basically said the president has the right to yeah. listen to everybody's phone calls. He's always smirking too. I know. It? I don't. I should. I shouldn't have. I have to say that I'm just like, being polite. Like, the, and the, the, of course, the the Senate's not standing up to him. But there's a few people you want. You can see they're like, if I wasn't so arthritic, I would leap over this and just punch him. Yeah. Even like even Republicans. Like Republicans yeah. are getting because Republicans are territorial and they they enjoy having power themselves. But they're seeing their own power being uh, stolen from them by the White House. Yeah. And so they're getting pissed off too. But go. Uh, going well, back to yeah. Iran, uh, go ahead. Just, just, and we we keep saying that Iran is funding and supporting materially the terrorism in Iraq, even though Iran is uh, Shiite mm-hmm. and supposedly supporting Shiite terrorists. Right. However, a ninety-five to ninety-eight percent of the violence that's happening in Iraq, according to our own generals, is from Sunni insurgents. Exactly. And the Sunni insurgents are getting direct material and financial aid from our allies, Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so just another bit of the sort of selective use of intelligence that we're all used to well, from well, the Bush administration. Speaking of like extreme despotism, uh, Saudi Arabia is a horrible to women, horrible human rights violations, is run by a royal family with despot powers, mm-hmm. and they're really good friends with the Bush administration. The Bush family. Uh, with the Bush, Bush family. family. Yeah, Not exactly. just the administration. Not just the administration. The Bush family. And, and our if, Bush if we coming were, over for the barbecue. Exactly. If we were to look at a model that Bush thinks might be nice. Yeah. <laughs> that is the uh, ideal. Yeah. That is the ideal. Uh, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, well, I was just going to say that. I mean, I think that there, there is some evidence that Iran is meddling in Iraq. Yeah. I don't think there's any question in that. Yeah. But is it enough to justify any sort of invasion or any sort of attack? Probably not. No. And even if we did need to invade Iran for whatever reason, we don't have the military capability to do it. We might be able to. Oh no, you know, we have the even we have the even greater plan for Iran, which is we just send in some jets and blow up their nuclear facilities, and then democracy will flourish. Oh, we right. don't. We don't like. <laughs> and and yeah. the, well, let's let. First off, they've been talking about that for the last two or three years. Yeah. Well, let's just go bomb their suspected weapons of mass destruction. And so I'll take care of that. Pro- but the problem is our intelligence failed in Iraq. Yeah. So why would why would we believe that any sort of airstrike against Iran is going to take care of yes. why would, any why, problems? Yeah. And, and, and he's running into that now. You know, he's, and he's so diminished in popularity, and he's such a lame duck that – uh, whereas the run-up to the Iraq war, he's still coasting off of September 11th popularity and, like, 90% approval. Because people are stupid. Yeah, people are stupid, and they bought the arguments that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction because they're, they're giving our president, our commander-in-chief, the benefit of the doubt. They say, <laughs> well, he wouldn't lie about that. But now, Again. Yeah, <laughs> but now everyone knows that he lied. 
<laughs> even Republicans admit that he lied uh, or excuse me, uh, bended the intelligence or misappropriated the intelligence or whatever. So nobody in the American public believes these these new claims about Iran. Nobody in Congress believes these new claims about Iran. And nobody in the world, especially no one in the world community, believes these claims about Iran. At least with Iraq, you know, we had Britain and, you know, a handful of other people. And we, in, even though people disagreed with our remedy, everyone sort of agreed that Iraq probably had weapons of mass destruction. But nobody's going to believe these claims about Iran now. No. So, I mean, there, there, there's no... I mean, un, unless he is completely messianic and apocalyptic and uh, really hankering for that Armageddon to come. Which is I'd, a very real Which danger. is very real. <laughs> uh, I really don't see how it's in any way feasibly possible that we could invade Iran. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to try. That's right. I know. I know. <laughs> I, I think that the You're argument, applying logic again. I know, Stop it. I know. I think the argument that they're making right now is not a full-blown invasion of Iran, but sending in yeah. small units of special forces yeah. to take care of suspected terrorist bases, possibly suspected weapons of mass destruction facilities. That That's go what over so about. well. <laughs> like, the, like the Middle East isn't insta- unstable enough. Well, who did, the other thing is that if they're going to try and make another coalition, like none of our coalition partners will come yeah, back for yeah. round two. No, yeah. uh, we ruined Tony Blair's uh, government. Like, like, not that it took much, just because yeah, Blair was always yeah. a douche. Yeah, but, but uh, we, yeah, his political career, career is basically over because he sacrificed it for Bush in the right. Iraq invasion. Right. So we, we don't have Britain. And... Well, we wouldn't have anybody, but I don't think that's that's really the greater point. I mean, I think the point is is that I believe, at least, that the Bush administration feels that the best way to solve Iraq, the best way to get out of Iraq, is we've got to take care of these little problems in Iran, and then that all of a sudden will make Iraq better. Or if we do invade Iran, that'll take attention away from Iraq, where we're losing. Well, I, I'm, what I'm worried win, about win. is what yeah. I worry about is that the other side of that is that possibly part of his thought process is why hasn't this worked yet? Well, it must be them. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this man is a fool. Well, yeah, I think just, it, in like every meaning of the sense. Any yeah. attack on Iran, I I just see as sheer madness. Oh, and yeah. I don't think that there's going to be any support from the American people. I, I don't think, think there's going to be any. What, support. What's going to happen? There's not going to be any support if in he his does own this. No, yeah, party. Yeah. And I think that Cong- if there is any sort of attack on Iraq, on we Iran, will be whether, facing a constitutional crisis, yes. and we will impeach this man. <laughs> We'll impeach him. We'll impeach his, impeach his vice president. I think there will be an entire clearing of the board of the executive uh, branch. Well, who else are they going to sacrifice to save Rove? Because um, Sco- Scooter's actually sort Scooter! of— Scooter! <laughs> he's sort of like uh, turning turn tails now and, and telling you know them that he was sacrificed to save Rove, which is interesting. And I hope they call Rove to testify, which is a possibility. He's been subpoenaed, so it's a very yeah. distinct uh, possibility. So we can see his you know, fat melt and sweat in front of people. <laughs> yeah, the boy genius. Yeah. The, the, that baby Huey deformed fetus of a man. I, uh, but uh, going back to Iraq <laughs> and the State of the Union, we'll kind of pull it back. And uh, um, Bush's flop. On Iraq policy, it just it fell flatter than Nicole Richie's ass. It, it did not fly. Uh, what I found really interesting was the Democratic rebuttal delivered by James Webb, mm-hmm. the Which, freshman senator from Virginia. Yeah. Uh, 
fascinating. Generally, the rebuttals from the opposing party are always afterthoughts. Nobody pays attention to them. However, this year, it's quite possible that uh, Jim Webb's rebuttal got more attention than Bush's State of the Union address. Uh, Jim Webb, a little bit of background for those who don't know, uh, beat Macaca in Virginia. He is a decorated Vietnam veteran. He was Secretary of the Navy under Reagan. Uh, he also wrote a screenplay for a shitty William Friedkin movie, but we'll forgive him for Which that. Which one was that? Uh, Rules of Engagement oh, with Samuel God. L. Jackson. I yeah, I remember that one? Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones? He no wrote idea. that. <laughs> but otherwise, he won a Pulitzer for, for writing. I did not realize that. I Jim Webb won a Pulitzer Prize. He's written like nine oh. books or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like historical so, fiction. Not for that screenplay. And I think uh, one... I don't know. Or the adaptation. <laughs> <laughs> I believe a couple of historical fictions were on... Vietnam as experiences in Vietnam. Yeah, I yeah. Think. And, and so J- uh, Jim Webb, uh, really kind of the anti-Bush <laughs> in many ways. Still very conservative, but comparatively. He, well, you know, he's, he's not. He's, he's, he's far more libertarian, and he's very populist in his economic message. In fact, the, the, yeah. and that's, this is why it was his, his rebuttal was so interesting. The first half of his rebuttal is only like eight minutes long. Uh, the first four minutes were dedicated to this growing gap between rich and poor in the yeah, United yeah. States and how the middle the middle class is disappearing. And just fast, I mean, you don't really hear mainstream politicians talking Ever. about that anymore, and especially coming out of, of a former Reagan appointee of yeah. all people. And so he, he started out talking about that. But then he, get, he gets to the Iraq policy, and he probably used – the most direct, forceful language on Iraq policy that any Democrats used in a major forum before. Well, he, he has a spine. He only yeah. just joined the Democratic Party. And, you know, he's actually been in the military. He's actually served overseas. Unlike, unlike anyone party. in the White House right now. Or, or in most of either. But you've got like four or five veterans uh, right now in the Senate. Yeah. I'd, I bet they're all Democrat, though. Except for John Warner in the Senate. McCain. Uh, Jim, Warner and McCain, yeah. Uh, but... But Jim Webb delivers a uh, speech decrying the sort of uh, growing divide between rich and poor in this country. And then he, he closes the speech by warning the president that if he does not change course in Iraq, then the Senate will show him the way. <laughs> Just sort of a, a velvet glove backhand to the president. So we're warning you. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought it was a very, very effective speech. And I agree with Galen. I mean, for once, the Democrats looked strong. They looked like they had a spine. It looked like they actually stood for something and that they were actually going to get something done. And if they can stop running for president in 2008, that impression may last a few (laughs) minutes longer. Well, Webb, 2008? Does he have any sort of presidential aspirations? He and... and, and I mean, the way that You guys have mocked me about this in the past, The way that he... He and Kathleen Sebelius are on the short list for vice president right now for whoever winds up becoming the Democratic nominee. Now, if they could find a better list of people trying to become the Democratic <laughs> nominee. Uh, okay, this, this leads me to the another point. The competing proposals we have in the Senate right now, uh, which are non-binding, mostly symbolic, but they do take that sort of extraordinary step from this Congress, anyway, of disagreeing with the president. On yeah. right. Getting on the record saying that, we don't like this, <laughs> which which sounds silly. Again, it's non-binding, means nothing. However, it will be a, a like just a huge media shockwave, and it'll be like a a very clear signal 
that there is opposition to his policy, and at least there is some token resistance from his own party, and the majority party, the Democrats, virtually all of them will be supporting this. Uh, more interesting than that, and it is kind of silly that they're non-binding. They should have gone further. But non-binding resolutions are, are hysterical. Having yeah. been in like like student senate and any elected body, they're <laughs> just fucking stupid. Um, you know, you have a natural disaster. You have to pass, everyone has to get on board and pass something. It's like we didn't like it, <laughs> and then everyone can feel better about themselves and keep pushing for dumb shit. We don't like earthquakes, exactly. <laughs> but we don't really want to, you know, put any restrictions on exactly. earthquakes. Uh, but so. You have these non-binding resolutions, and there's one that and it is notable because it is a compromise resolution from John Warner, very distinguished, one of the few veterans in the Senate, uh, in the past a very staunch ally of Bush, who's come out in opposition of the the uh, the escalation, the surge, the surgulation, and so Escobar, Ahmadinejad, and so you have this this. New resolution from Warner and, um, I believe, Carl Levin, which has softer language. It's not saying that, you know, Bush's policy is ruining the country or anything. It's saying we don't like this new approach. However, there are some senators who are now opposed to this because it doesn't go far enough. Uh, Russ Feingold from Wisconsin saying he's not going to vote for it. Russ Feingold, Democrat, not going to vote for it because he thinks it doesn't go far enough. And uh, Christopher Dodd of Connecticut is also saying he won't vote for it. But more interesting is Barack Obama. We were talking about presidential politics and (laughs) Galen in particular on the show has not been very impressed by Barack Obama. Stunningly bored by Yeah, I know. And I understand because he hasn't done anything. He's done nothing of note. However, he's, you know, Jesus now. In the media, based on some of the Democratic base and media coverage. Yeah, they're so desperate. They're going for a man who doesn't even yeah. hold up to his own promises yeah. when he ran. And it, and it looked like he was going down the path of, you know, centrist Hillary Clinton equivocating, not taking a strong stand on anything, just saying a lot of pretty flowery words, and then not doing much about it. However, Barack Obama has introduced a proposal— an anti-Iraq war proposal that would cut off funding. Like, he's introduced a genuine, concrete, binding resolution that would cut off funding, and that's the first... He's the first major Democrat to actually propose that, and he's certainly the only uh, presidential candidate who's done that. So yeah. uh, He's setting the marker for the rest he's of the He's running candidate. for president. Yeah, he's running for president, and this is, I think, a direct... Which is not a change from the last two years <laughs> when he was also running for president. But this is this is interesting. I mean, it's the right strategy. Uh, I mean, it's just the right thing to do to try to stop I, I actually to cut think, off funding. I think actually it'll backfire. If you cut off funding, you'll lose a lot of voters. Yeah. I don't I, think so I, at this point. I agree with that as well. I don't I mean, think I, so at this I point. I think changing, changing strategy is one thing, but I think that when you cut off funding for the troops... The Republicans are just going to twist that around and say, oh, look at those liberals. Look, do, at, those, do, look at those Democrats. They well, don't support our troops. And not, not even like on that level. That's, like For a lot of people, like like blue-collar folks, yeah, it sucks. It's not right. But if you don't support your troops, you're still you're a commie. Yeah. I don't think – I think actually a majority of Americans are now coming around to the point where they just want to see this thing over. And I think that well, um, people want to see it over, but I, well, I mean, Obama's proposal isn't like, oh, we're just going to leave him there. <laughs> it's going to be phased redeployment and no more further funding for it. It's to get uh, set benchmarks. If the troops are no more blank checks for the president, 
And while it's the right thing to do just for the troops' sake, it's also a great political move because it makes Hillary Clinton look even more weak-willed and, and hawkish uh, and, yeah, on this topic than she actually is. Well, I don't know <laughs> if it does it more. She actually is. She voted for the... She voted for yeah. the Cold War repeatedly. She's never apologized or said it was the wrong or thing to do, or yeah, really explained her vote ever. And uh, so she's power mad with no actual agenda. Yeah. So I think that this move by Obama actually puts him in the front running now with the Democratic base who vote in the primaries. I, I think this resolution. Well, I think he's been the front runner. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, 46, what was it? There's a poll, yeah. Gallup poll, 46% of people, regardless of party, won't vote for Hillary Clinton. Probably. Which is just funny. Although, and again, it should be said, you don't have to win a majority, even true. a majority of voters in this country, as Bush proved well, in 2000. There was a <laughs> proposing, proposing to cut off funding may help Barack Obama get the Democratic nomination, but I don't think it's going to help him win. I think so. Because if he goes in with that well in either. 2008, I think you're going to see a Republican. If he's running against John office. McCain, and well, at this point think, it's no sure no, thing that McCain's going to no, win the nomination. I, I think John but John McCain's, McCain's just off the deep end. Well, John McCain's politically dead, I think. Yeah. I and mean, I think it comes down to essentially Giuliani, Giuliani. or Brownback. Uh, I think it's Brownback. Brownback. Well, like, don't think for a second that Brownback cannot get the Republican nomination. Don't think for a second that I he not. Don't think for a second he can't win. Because now that he's coming out as anti-war, which of course is a political move. Move. Because he's juxtaposing himself against McCain, but it's it's and because perfect, he's, he's batshit insane. <laughs> yeah, no, but he is he has set him Brownback has set himself up perfectly because now that he's anti-war, he's going to appeal to a lot of independent voters mm-hmm. who are you know maybe don't want to vote Democratic, but you know oppose the Iraq War, so they will. So he'll get those people. Plus, he is so such a religious nutbag that he's going to get all the right wing religious voters out there. That's that's a perfect setup for him to win. In you have to take into you have to take into account though that one of the main fact it's a silly factor, but it, uh, people in primary uh, voting blocks do this. They take into consideration electability. That's how GW got the nomination because the Republican voters were told this is the guy that can win after Bob Dole, who like was the ideological heir, the standard bearer for the Republican Party in 96. They saw what happened to him. Like, he got it because, you know, he was oldest. <laughs> well, and he had seniority, and it was his turn. And that was how Republican nominations had worked for a long well, they, time. There's a little but then difference. they saw what happened to him and said, give it, give it to the guy you want to have a beer with. Well... And I don't think I don't think I don't think Sam Brownback I don't think Sam Brownback has the electability issue sewn up. I actually think that if Giuliana, Giuliani will get the nomination over Brownback, and I think if Giuliana wins, Giuliani will win. Uh, unless he does something else. I don't think he can get through. I don't think he can, get through, he can get through either. I mean, I think that it is a... Multiple philander, pro, pro-choice, yeah. pro-gay rights. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of skeletons. Pro-gun control. There's, there's a lot of skeletons in his, in his closet. Oh, yeah. They're going to yeah. come out. He married well. his cousin. I know, but I'm just saying... The man married his cousin. <laughs> but Brownback believes it's his right... To marry his cousin. So there's a difference. <laughs> no, as, as long I, as his cousin's a woman. Right. That's fine. I just think Brownback's nutty enough, and Giuliani still does actually have the support of a lot of liberals and things like that, partially because of weird, partially because of 9-11. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think the candidate to watch in the Republican primaries is uh, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. No, but he's he's even more right wing than He is, but he has, he has the GW thing of being likable down. 
Brownback's brown not likable. Not likable. <laughs> and if Brownback uses the I'm a Brownbacker bumper stickers <laughs> yeah, again. I know. That just means all of your uh, homophobic legislative decisions look like Freudian sublimation. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just real quick, you're talking about likable thing. There was a great, uh, I think it was Wolf Blitzer on CNN. Like, uh, who would you like to have dinner with? And someone actually called in and was like, Hillary Clinton, I want to see if she remembers how to wash dishes. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, speak, oh speaking of inappropriate comments, Joe Biden. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy? What is this guy? Oh, going to just like, stop. It's not like he really had a chance. Of he never had a chance. He has the worst come over, too. Yeah, I, know. I, I, I think they're hair plugs, actually. I'm well, not sure. Like the, he's, he's got like the tuft in front, and he combs it over his entire yeah. head backwards. And there's one thing that you should not underestimate in presidential politics. It's hair. It's hair. It, it is. Really? Seriously? It's very if you seriously. look bad, you're not going to get the nomination or win. Um, George Wait. Bush, impeccable hair. Clinton, come on. Clinton like had a hairstyle named after him. Yeah. So I mean, uh, but Reagan. Reagan. So Ray- oh, oh, dude, that pompadour. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. awesome. That Conan O'Brien adopted. Oh yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the uh, Carter even had a nice full head of hair. He did. Yeah. Uh, Ford wasn't elected. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the great statesman Ford. He turned out to be after he died, wasn't elected, uh, and oh. had a horrible haircut. I, yeah. I love yeah. now. The, the Ford legacy. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's hilarious because all the Republicans now, or at least Fox News Republicans, are all saying, well, you know, Ford was really the original Ronald Reagan. He was the one that wanted to set the economic and foreign policy agenda that Reagan adopted years later. Which, but by it was the way, those, is not true well, at I all. Know. <laughs> I, know. I know. He was but actually opposed was, to it. I I, it anyway, go But this is what they're saying. I know. They're just trying to and, tie to a popular death. <laughs> and so... They're saying that he was... <laughs> yeah, who was the last popular Republican be, president? Ford? Yeah. They, they're saying that Ford was, was this, this great saint, but it was those evil Democrats that wouldn't allow him to do anything, and so that's why his legacy was lost. <laughs> well, no, I mean, well, I'm not lying. I, mean, I, know, I know. This I know, is all bullshit, but this, this is how oh, they're yeah, trying oh, to absolutely. spin but the, the thing Ford is, legacy. The thing of it is is that our society no longer ha- knows how to actually deal with death and, uh, and know what a person was, so after they die, they get whitewashed with what everyone wishes anyone would be. And and then that you tie that into the fact that Ford was, in fact, selected after Spiro Agnew resigned for being the most nothing person they could find, who yeah. no one could find anything bad yeah, yeah. nor good about yeah. him, so that when he got elected, maybe it would like get from the pure evil that was Nixon down, which, by the way, he looks damn right liberal. Oh, and God, I mean, the these man days. looks like a shining exemplar uh, he'd of be, democracy yeah. compared to GW. And compared to half the Democrats. I mean, Jesus. But <laughs> then, the, 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 like, they could take this mild man and put him in afterwards, and maybe they wouldn't lose so bad in 76. That was their whole plan. And I love how Ford's legacy was, well, he pardoned Nixon, and that turned out to be the pardoned right thing Nixon for this country. fell down the stairs coming out of an airplane. Yeah. That, that, and that's what Chevy Chase and pardoning Nixon are what Ford will be remembered for. But, uh, yeah, I like how like Ford swore up and down he, he pardoned Nixon. No, no, no. You're forgetting Betty Ford. <laughs> that's true. That's true. She's probably done far more for our country than Gerald ever did. But, um so, yeah, Ford was supposedly pardoned Nixon because he thought it would be for the, the good of the country, and it would tear this country apart. And he thought that um, then he swore up and down that there was no backroom deal cut with Nixon or anything. But then it, it turns out afterwards, kind of yes and no. Right. Uh, the real reason he pardoned Nixon is because he was his buddy. Mm-hmm. And like, he said that in interviews with Woodward, you know, before he dies. Oh, he's just a good friend. I didn't want to see him go through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which just sort of sums up the Ford legacy, right? Oh, which, by which the way, way, Ford uh, opposed the Iraq War. That's right. <laughs> well, Ford was actually like a decent human being. He just wasn't a very good president. He was actually like he had guns and he stuck to them, even if they weren't very exciting or meaningful. Yeah. Uh, Nixon, on the other hand, if, if you remember, like the early '90s when Nixon was being re pushed as like a godfather to republicanism by people who were trying to revive his legacy, <laughs> this was before Ann Coulter was psychotically pronouncing him like god and and things like that so it's it's very and colter now there's somebody we haven't heard of <laughs> for Col- a while yeah uh She's been after silent yeah after basically calling the september 11th widows uh pagan demonic witches uh, she's kind of been marginalized even by the well, and now right. too that the Iraq policy is failing, and the Republican uh, yeah, Party is yeah. crumbling. There's not really a whole lot of credibility in anything she says. Actually, everyone out there needs to go check out um, Human Events Magazine. Oh, human! Yes, Human Events. The editor was He's, on I've, I've the been, Colbert uh, Report. I've been last like, night. checking his. The, the website's been out for a little while. And it's been passed around by just like goofing off, and it's, it's fucking hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, he was on the Colbert Report last night, showing himself to be a fascist, insane man too. But by the way, if you sign up, you get a free copy of Ann Coulter's uh, book. That reminds me. That reminds me. Bill O'Reilly. While we're on the topic of conservative pundits. Bill O'Reilly has this great new deal where if you buy his book, he will send a free copy to our troops. What? Which they can use as body armor. <laughs> yeah. Bill O'Reilly, if you... What makes him Latrine paper. If you, if you buy his new book, Culture Warrior, right. he will send a complimentary copy to our troops. And why, why would any of our troops want... I know. And uh, here's the other thing. Book. Uh, he could have donated these books. No, instead... He's basically making you pay for it. Right. Instead of you, you – know, not that anyone would want to, but you could, uh, for a lot less money, actually buy the book yourself and then mail it. But, no, he wants you to give him money, and then he'll send, like, one of his uh, overflow warehouse copies that right. you can unload of the O'Reilly Factor for Kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that – oh, and that brings up another important new tidbit in the conservative punditocracy – um, Barack Obama <laughs> apparently, as a child, went to an Islamic madrasa. I don't know if anybody really. And not only uh, oh, I heard, I heard about this. Yeah, and not okay. only did we find that out, we found out because uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign dug up this dirt on him and was spreading this around. And we heard uh, Steve Douchey <laughs> on Fox News <laughs> trumpeting all up and down. Not just Steve Douchey. But I just like saying Steve Douchey. Steve Douchey and, and a whole, yeah, and, and the accompanying douchettes uh, all up and down the Fox News roster were loudly proclaiming that Barack Obama was raised as an extremist Muslim. Oh, and he did go to oh, too, I think. Well, and and the, uh, the, Which, you know, it's got a funny being. <laughs> our president was a cocaine addict for 10 years. Well, the but. thing is, is that. that well, well hold on, hold on. Okay. Wait, wait, let me finish the story. All right, go ahead. Okay, so, okay, Barack Obama <laughs> was raised as an America-hating suicide bomber <laughs> when he went well, to this Obama. Islamic madrasa. By which they use the term Islamic heritage, by the way, showing themselves to be the racist <laughs> religiophobes that they yeah. are. Um, and this would have been a bombshell in the campaign if it was true. Uh, CNN had the bright idea of sending some guy they knew who uh, lives in – it was in Indonesia, right? 
or is it the Philippines? I forget. Yeah, Indonesia. Indonesia. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, Anderson Cooper called up this dude that he knew in Indonesia. Hey, could you check out this school and see if it's like a anti-West, you know, ululating, sort of foaming at the mouth, Islamic fundamentalist school? Sure, I'll go. And he goes and checks it out. Uh, no, with it's a not. camera crew. Yeah, with a camera crew. It's a secular school. Girls it's a co-ed and boys school. Together yeah. In shorts. <laughs> Learning about math. It's a better school than most that you'll find in our well, cities. I still have not heard on any of the major news networks the fact that Midrasa is Arabic for school. school. Yeah. Just school. But well, it sounds scary. Obama but, does sound like Osama. Well, his middle name is Hussein. Is it? It is. Yeah. It, it's actually Hussein. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, well, one is, the of thing the other is other... And Fox News has had a field day with that, too. The, yeah, the thing is, is that this uh, originated in Insight Magazine, which is run yeah. by the Moonies. Yeah. Uh, For those of yeah. you who watch, like, who yeah. follow Whacked Out Reverend, Nuts, Reverend, Moon. Reverend Cream of Some Young Guy, uh, who owns the Washington Times mm-hmm. and has this magazine, Insight, and also funds uh, some other right. It, right-wing website <laughs> started this story started it's out as like too right for the right wing stuff yeah yeah most of the right wing disavows most of what's printed in there but this this the moonies themselves are almost run out of the u.s in the 80s yeah yeah um but anyway this little this fiction this story about yeah. obama going to a madrasa surfaced on a website reported on fox news as a piece of opposition research from the Clinton campaign, which also isn't true. No, the Insight Magazine said that. Yeah, Insight, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Another shining the example. Punch, the great punchline so, is that uh, that uh, Hannity, like three days ago or a week ago or something, was out, out against saying, bringing it up again, even though it's been debunked since about the second day. <laughs> and so it begins. Two yeah. years before the 08 election. Yep. We're yep. already starting the smear campaign, mm-hmm. and it's uh-huh. just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And, 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 and the more candidates that get into I'm it, I'm salivating. This is going to be great. Okay, now I the have this. I have get. this theory that now the right wing with Fox News is making the news so despicable that their own like thing about the media that everyone will hate the media then. <laughs> Not just them, because the media usually reports on what's actually going on, which tends, as as the Colbert thinks, reality has a uh, liberal bias. Uh, but so that Fox News is out there as a sort of piece of performance art to make us all hate all the media with raving hatred. Uh, because uh, watching Hannity for ten minutes, you want to bludgeon him to death. I want to bludgeon myself to death. That too. If I watch, well, Sean you're Hannity. usually closer. That's why it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and Hannity, it's. But I mean, it's, it's he. Um, st- it's the same. He's still saying the same lines that he said eight years ago. Hannity. I mean, he Hannity, refuses to admit that there's anything wrong with the president, anything wrong with the Republican. It's Party. important to mention I, Hannity is in fact stupid. Yeah, dumb, dumb as a second. I'm I mean, not even I would using like, like an insult like low I, IQ. I, I would like. He's to as believe. dumb. He's as dumb as a sack. Of Alan Coulter's. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Alan Combs. Excuse me. Alan <laughs> I would like to believe that Sean Hannity says what he says just because he knows that it plays to a certain base and he can sell books to that certain base and make money off of it. I'd like to think that. The truth but is... The truth is he really believes what... What he says. Well, and he's he's sitting there being briefed in the new, just before he goes on, and they're giving him that blow dried pompadour thing, and the air is whistling through his ears so much he can't actually hear what goes on. Yeah, and who do they get when Sean Hannity is taking a break? <laughs> who do they find to fill his anchor's chair? Chuck, Chuck. fucking Norris. <laughs> 
Seriously. Yeah. If you did not see this, Chuck Norris was filling in for Sean Hannity on Hannity and Combs. Really? And, and yeah. Chuck, Chuck I am not kidding. The I am not making Chuck Norris. The actor Chuck Norris. No, I don't believe Delta that. Delta no, no, Force. No. Yeah. You can actually. MIAs find, one through three. You find Chuck Norris. Clips of it online, and, and it proves that Chuck Norris not only isn't good at delivering skips, he's not good at speaking. No. Wow. Not very. Not so I much. I had no idea. Not so much the deep thinker Chuck Norris. I know this runs completely contrary to what everyone assumed, but yes, Chuck Norris makes Sean Hannity look like a baby Einstein. But you can't, hmm. you can't be surprised too much. When you are beaten up multiple times by Bruce Lee, there's got to be some damage. Uh, but yeah, I'm... But he did kick the shit out of the Islamic terrorists in Delta Force. Yes. So uh, that makes one, him a true patriotic American. <laughs> No, no, there was only two Delta Force. There was three missing. MIAs. MIAs. There's three of them. I don't even know if he was in the third Uh, one. The third one, no, the third one's uh, got a great scene where he and his kid together shoot and kill some bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's family values, (laughs) and it's also Second Amendment boosterism. Exactly. He's the perfect Republican. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. There's like... 79 different candidates running. Like the entire cast oh, of all... Les Miserables is running. <laughs> and again, and there's like. And much like Les Miserables, it's sad. Yeah, we it's, all know it's, that it's it miserable. Is, we all know at the end of the day, it'll probably be Hillary versus Giuliani. And uh, Hillary will lose. No, I probably. don't think so. I don't think so. No, oh, yeah. Um, sure. But uh, generally, if history has taught us anything, yes, it's whoever is the best funded, highest name recognition. Which is Hillary. Hillary and, and McCain, actually, right now. Yeah, but I think McCain has just shot himself in the foot. Well, I, think, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think Hillary will make it either. I think that eventually, I mean, she's got against her personality. She actually does, as sad as this is to say, a lot of people won't vote for a woman. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, all that, and I agree with that. I think a lot of Democrats won't vote for a woman. Either. I think a lot of Democrats I don't won't think it's vote just, for Hillary. I don't think that it's well. A lot of a, a lot of Democratic Party activists will thing. not vote for her because they think she'll be a drag on the down ticket races because she's so polarizing. Yeah, that people will but but vehemently vote against her. But but she is, and the Democrats have every right to fear. Yeah, and oh here here's and I'm throwing this out there. I'm not saying it'll happen, but. John Edwards has a really good chance well, of capturing he, the nomination. No, I agree, and I mean it seems that all because he's polls like he's ahead like fifteen points in Iowa. He's yeah, been and if you win Iowa, for two years. yeah, I know, and he hasn't left uh, Iowa since two thousand and four. And if he wins Iowa in the just like in two thousand and four, the primary season so compressed, whoever wins those early primaries sweeps Wins. it. Yeah. No, I agree. And nobody's really talking about John Edwards at this point, but if you look at all He's the done polls... A very good job. He is, he is leading over yeah. Barack. He is leading over Hillary. Yeah. And I think that the general theory is, is that if John Edwards does get the nomination, which, according to the polls right now, he will get the nomination. If he picks Obama, let's say, yeah. as his running mate, that Sibelius, could be a Jim right Webb. Oh. Well, I wouldn't... I would not necessarily overlook Jim Webb. I think that... People know who he is now. Yeah. I mean, we know who he is because he beat Bakaka. Yeah. But I think America, the general American public, knows who he is now. And mm, he, true. he was very strong. He has got the credentials. Yeah. He's, a, you know, moderate. You know, he doesn't really and, and lean where, too and far left. A lot of people think that his vote on the Iraq war would hurt him. However, he's come out and said it was the wrong thing. He made a mistake. And I think it's actually... He might be in the best position so far as Iraq goes because he, like a majority of this country, thought initially 
hey, let's go to Iraq. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they've got weapons. Woo. And we trusted our president. But and now most of uh, the electorate feels that they've been duped and that they made a mistake in supporting this president, you know, just like we, John Edwards. I think if one of them would actually come out and say we were lied to rather than saying, well, the, you know, blah, 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 yeah, just say it, they would actually get a boost. Yeah. But because everyone feels no, lied to. but they want to play it safe, and there's a That's lot of reasons <laughs> not to come out with it. I think that Hillary, I don't think, she, I think Edwards will probably be above, I, I think he, right now he's the person who's closest to the nomination or should be, but Hillary I don't think will get as far because I don't think she's liked. I mean, she is, she's not. No. She's a power hungry person. They've forgotten. She speaking of people who run because they think it's their turn. <laughs> Very true, and uh, and that's another thing. And I think this might actually become an issue in the campaign trail is that we don't really need political dynasties in this country. No, because America is kind of sick of having what fourteen years of Bush and Clinton. Right, or however long it's been uh, since well, Bush you, Bush forty one. Yeah, well, if you if you uh, count Bush as vice president. That takes it to 1980. It's very true. It's very true. Um, but again, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is, is going to be a very yeah. long it'll political be, season. It'll be very interesting to see if what, Chuck Hagel maybe comes out. Chuck Hagel's a wild card. Two wild cards. Two wild cards right now. Chuck Hagel and Republicans. Al Gore and Democrats. Oh, right. God. Al Gore. Al Gore if he, well, here's the, here's the thing. Al Gore, he's going to win the Oscar. He got nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize today. He did, if you didn't hear about that. I didn't. Yeah, for his work on global warming. And so, this, okay, this guy's going to get, like, media saturation. He's got he's to win the Oscar. He's got to hit the talk show circus. Then in October, he might win the fucking Nobel Peace Prize. And then immediately after, it's, oh, by the oh. way, running for president. See, well, you know what? I, you, you know, know what, what though? He's another, where... he's another polarizing figure. He's not, America. though. Well, but he's he not is. polarizing. He's everybody, everybody is going to look. If Al Gore makes a serious run for president... And let's say he gets the nomination. Everybody is going to look back to the eight years of Clinton. Everybody's going to look back to 2000. Which everybody is looking at nostalgia. Gonna, well, yeah, and everybody's going to say, no, if only he was president for the past uh, eight years. No, we they, made a horrible people mistake. Aren't, people aren't going to look at it that way. They're going to look at how polarizing the Clinton administration was during the 90s. They're going to look at his failure in 2000. That's just how they're going to see Al Gore. I, th- I don't, know I don't think he's going to appeal to anybody but essentially the Democratic base. I think he could win. I, he could win. I think well, he could win. And I, think, and I think, and I, you know, I don't what, think that it's here's probable a, here's a, that he will. Here's what I think that he would get in the race if it becomes apparent that Hillary Clinton's going to capture the nomination, because I think that he actually has a visceral dislike of, I, of the Clintons. I think so yeah. <laughs> because he blames them for sabotage, even though it's mostly his own fault. But he blames the baggage from the Clinton administration for killing. If his Gore got prospects. into the election and didn't just become a block of ice like he did last time, yeah. He could be a very interesting candidate. The problem is he's still a very boring human being, and his wife is a petty, stupid fascist. I don't like his wife. And there are people who know that. It's a thing. (laughs) And uh, it's pretty clear on her very small eyes and nothing going on behind them look when when they're in public. I think we need to just get beyond the old politicians. Let's just get somebody new. Whether whether it's a Democrat or a Republican— Let's just let's start. Like Edwards, over, so Obama, Giuliani would be like the new school that happened. Yeah, it would be the before. new school, and that's why I really, I hope one of those three wins. And to be it, perfectly honest, and we're, we're making all sorts of prognostications right now. We have no idea what's going to happen uh, next year. No idea. 
Like there, there's so many, there's so many missteps and fuck ups that these candidates can make from here until the primary season that the landscape could be completely, completely shaken up. Like uh, your your Joe Bidens uh, calling Barack Obama a non-threatening Negro basically yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> which. Well, you know and, what? And also, that's why a lot of people <laughs> like him. Well, I think John Edwards too. I mean, if if people are going to look back on the '04 election, and they're going to ask why were the Democrats not able to win the presidency in 2004, despite a bad economy, despite the Iraq War going south, people are going to look at him and they're going to ask. Was John Edwards part of the Democratic problem in 2004? Is he they part mean, of the reason why they were not able to win? Even I at think the there's going to be a lot of even at the time, a lot of examination people. of his policies, what he's done. Well, even at the time, there were a lot of people wondering why it wasn't the other way around, why Edwards wasn't the candidate yeah. and Kerry wasn't the vice president candidate. But we, we have to be honest about John Edwards. Kerry gets the nomination. Most people think that Edwards should have gotten the nomination, that he was this sort of younger, more Kennedy-esque character. Actually, more Clintonian. Clintonian is because they said, oh, he can work a room like Clinton can. He's he's very articulate. He knows how to, like, speak that flowery language about the two Americas. That's right. Could lead America to a new and better future. So he gets picked as a vice presidential nominee, thinking that this is going to be the guy who will push and, let's just be honest, boring carry over the... Over the, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get him. He, he would add some charisma and excitement exactly. to the ticket. Then he did nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Well, he, but he, one of the reasons He was it, horrible in the debate against Cheney. Cheney. Yeah, he refused he, to he take was, on Cheney. He was essentially uh, a non-factor in the and, 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 and I agree with you. And it is, it's going to be a test of Edwards to see if he actually has some political spine now. And yeah. I think he's exhibited some. He's taken on Hillary. Like he's spoken mm-hmm. in public saying we the well, time the, for talking is over and that we need to end this war, which is a direct challenge to to Clinton. Yeah, well, who's beginning the communication or let's talk or whatever her idiotic campaign. <laughs> yeah. But the the other thing is that that of course Kerry tried to shut Edwards up because yeah. he didn't like being eclipsed in the two thousand four yeah. election. So yeah, I just uh, remember all this, uh, yeah, the, the glamour of Edwards, and then he just disappeared. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, because he was building up his war chest and he's building up his network in Iowa, and that might have been the right move. And who knows? He might well, be our next nominee that's for the, that's, Democrats. That's the I, I, honestly, the whole, amongst the, the Democrats, vice, he he might have known from the very beginning that the Democrats had no shot of winning in two thousand four. Probably, and so he just taking the vice presidential nomination was going to get his name out there, yeah. and he was just going to accept defeat. And over the next four years, just kind of slowly but surely build up his credentials and. Well, the, of the Democratic away. candidates out there, the closest I come to not loathing one of them is Edwards. Yeah. Uh, I still loathe him, but it's close. <laughs> <laughs> Galen loathes puppies and butterflies, though. As long, if they uh, are because they liars cause and run for office. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> damn Let's puppies. pass a non-binding resolution against butterfly wings. <laughs> um and Ben Kingsley films, but <laughs> but and and we've spent a lot of time about the Democratic side, but the and again we mentioned it, the the wild card on the Republican side is Chuck Hagel, who's positioned himself beautifully as the anti-war Republican, right? And if and he's he, not as like, batshit insane as Brownback, which he, is, but he's just yeah. as conservative on the social issues. He's right. just not like a Jesus freak, yeah, yeah. Which, which, ter- which scares a lot of people, which scares a majority of, of it goes American a long voters. way, and, yeah. and when the surge fails. 
Probably Which it end, will at the end and of the it'll, summer. It'll, probably, it will it'll sink McCain's prospect. Yeah. McCain's only chance right now is to like say, "Well, I would have put in more troops." Yeah, <laughs> which well, he that's, will. That's what. And, and, the, and the funny, the hilarious thing about McCain, the sort of tragic uh, thing about his position is that everyone's sort of uh, guesstimating that it was a political calculation that he's he would have argued for more troops uh, while the Baker Hamilton Iraq study group was, you know, uh, mulling it over. And he figured that Bush was going to follow the, uh, Baker Hamilton recommendations and start drawing down troops. And then McCain would have been there saying for the, the rabid conservative base, ah, I would have fought till the bitter end. I would have sent in a hundred thousand more troops. And if only the president, if only Bush had enough spine to carry it through, but now Bush has kind of called his bluff. Yeah. And this is going to fail miserably. And now, now it's become, and a lot of people are referring to it now as the McCain plan. <laughs> well, and no one, and no one, I mean, McCain sunk his own. I mean, like the instant in 2000 when he started supporting the president blindly. Actually, yeah. it was 2001. It was after September 11th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and his straight talk express just went off a bridge. And that was about <laughs> the end of it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, when the surge fails, as I said, probably the end of the summer, then... I think that is when you're going to see most Republicans go anti-war, and that's when a Chuck Hagel is going to look very, very appealing and that is, to a broad base true. of Republicans. Yeah. Um, and because it's but, going to make Hillary Clinton look even worse. Yes. Because if you because the Democratic Party is going to look at the field and say, if an anti-war Republican is looking like he's going to get the nomination, we don't want to send up like a pro-war Democrat <laughs> against him. Well, okay, actually, one more comment on Hillary Clinton. Here's the thing: is people are already starting to respond to her with this sort of what? Yeah, response with her uh, complaint that no one got her joke. <laughs> I was trying to be funny. You want me to be funny, then you jump all over me about how her husband was an evil man, which I think he was too, but not necessarily because he cheated on her. Uh, not but, for the zipper problem. Yeah, so. not for the. Uh, and so apparently, you know, mass murderers and philanderers equally equal evil men. But um, people are already responding to her in a sort of like, "What are you talking about? Stop yeah. it!" sort of way, and uh, that's that's death. Yeah. Um, oh, and unfortunately, I still think at the end of the day, it'll be her. But again, <laughs> there's so much time for her to sabotage well, no. herself, well, and, for and all I, of the candidates to sabotage it's funny, themselves. The, very, the mere fact that we're sitting here talking about this two years before the election really just shows just how much of a joke Bush is. Oh, well, yeah. And I mean, how he, and just, how much he, of a joke? Is, he is the lamest duck president possibly in the history of America. He's toast, but again, uh, he's still dangerous. Oh, he's extremely dangerous. <laughs> well, no, these last two years were... This is where he, This is where he's like a cornered animal, yeah. and he sees he's got nothing left to lose. But you got Missiles you, into... Ba- uh, excuse me, Tehran. Well, you gotta, oh, I that, like Bush and confusing Iraq and Iran. That very well could happen. Well, the, the thing... I mean, just look at... It's not so much a horse race. Think of it more as like a, a game of Mario Kart. These people can hit each other with bananas and shells and fireballs <laughs> and... And so it's going to it's much more interesting interesting than any horse race actually is and and full of a lot more stupid gags. <laughs> uh, so it should, the next two years should be funny. Uh, that's you why know, I, sort of desperate way. Yeah, well, that's why Iraq's in the toilet right now because every time they go into the Situation Room in the White House, Bush is playing Mario Kart Wi-Fi on his DS. Like, like, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we take him out with the red shell? <laughs> it's a homing shell. No <laughs> civilians will get hurt. <laughs> we'll minimize collateral damage with a banana peel. <laughs> uh, okay, we were, well, we were talking about the, the 2008 horse race, but you know, there's another contest this weekend. We've got to talk about it. Super Bowl. 
Uh, who, okay, uh, right mm-hmm. now, who do you think is going to win? Is it going to be the Indianapolis Colts or uh, Letters from Iwo Jima? Uh, Colts. <sighs> Sorry. I think Cl- uh, Clint Eastwood's got the experience in the throwing arm. Though. I think Clint Eastwood could kill them all. <laughs> Does anybody really care about the game no. of the Super Bowl? It's, it's an excuse to eat a lot of shitty food. Get, get drunk, drunk. Watch expensive hang commercials. Out, hang out with your friends. Oh, well, the commercials, they've about. cut the budget this time because they're all like five uh, different companies are using viewer-produced commercials, which are usually actually produced for viewers who are, in fact, ad executives (laughs) if you've been following the news to find that out uh so it's this big thing that people are trying to do that's going to uh, make a lot of half-assed commercials that aren't actually that original or funny because they're being thought of by the same people only this time they're masquerading as civilians and the commercials are you know you want to watch a football game but this football game will last five hours because of the commercials yeah yeah you know where your average football game lasts three hours of that three hours three hours of that will be a really lame halftime show oh yeah (laughs) Who's but, I don't even know. This, I'm watching the Puppy Bowl on yeah. Animal Planet. <laughs> Bud, Bud, well, you always got to watch the Bud Bowl, too. Do they I, still I, do I, that? I quite, think they do. I don't think I, they do that know. anymore. I'm proud to say that. Hey, you're, we're just showing our age right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bud Bowl. No, actually, it's coming back this year. I saw an ad. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I thought they But I have to say that I actually didn't even think about it at the time I saw that. I just said, oh, but I, I, I can happily and proudly say I had no idea the Super Bowl was happening this weekend when <laughs> I walked into this room. It's... <laughs> Yeah, the Super Bowl's generally boring, although this year may be a little more interesting because it's Chicago versus Indianapolis, and it, you've got the whole Indiana-Illinois rivalry. Oh, the, yes, Chica- the Midwest rivalry. People from Chicago despise people in Indiana. People from out. Indiana despise people in Illinois but yeah. wish they had health care and social programs right. like so Illinois. There might, be, there might be a little more, I don't know, might be a little more interesting mm. because of that. But, you know, what I'm really sad about is my conspiracy theory that the Saints were going to be given the Super Bowl this year didn't quite pan out. And you know why? Bush didn't bring them up. I know. (laughs) In the State of the Union. Uh, Yeah. Actually, wait, wait. Conspiracy news further. Uh, Molly Ivins died. Molly Ivins died. uh, Very funny columnist. A uh, very, very strong anti-Bush voice out of Texas. Yeah. Sad. Sad. <laughs> she died was of breast cancer. Breast cancer. Uh, it's was sixty three. She was yeah, so early sixties. I think. Yeah, but you know, Bush is partying. I mean, that's the <laughs> yeah. saddest part. Well, and Molly Ivins, to her credit, her lasting legacy is that her nickname that she coined for Bush was Shrub, and it stuck. Yeah, I mean, God bless her. Uh, but moving on to things that don't suck on this. Oh, this action pack. I don't there, think we don't also, have time. There's also the Oscars and uh, next week. Next next week. Next week we'll do Oscars. Next week we'll do Oscars. Uh, so we'll talk to you after the Oscars. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, because we <laughs> we don't really have a time limit because we're a podcast, but we're way over time. <laughs> we're, we're sure you've all turned <laughs> off by now. This is what happens when we're uh, we're separated you, for you, too long. You've all you've all moved your uh, iPods onto the latest by Incubus. And yeah, yeah. The iPod is shuffled for you. By the way, to any, any band that names itself self after a demon that rapes women they're awesome god they're cool and there is oh emo <laughs> they're not i don't even know what they are they're, they're shit they're shit uh they have a, their own category uh okay things that don't suck Aaron. um i got the first season of uh american dad ah. on dvd just very funny 
It's, it's sort of viewed as the bastard stepchild to Family Guy. Sort of, kind it, of. It, although I like it because there's kind of a lot of political yeah. overtones in it. Which you got, you know, this CIA guy that just kind of blindly follows Republican policies, and then you've got like his daughter, who's this big hippie liberal Democrat. Uh, I don't know. And there, an there's alien. a lot of sort of and an alien <laughs> who's an alcoholic dork, homosexual. Yeah, that's right, and a uh, sort of dorky son. I I just I think it's so a good funny. show. It's it's a very but I always get I always get the feeling that show and nobody really watches. Well, I movie. I just get the feeling that Seth MacFarlane's phoning it in for Family Guy uh, for yeah. for American Dad because he's too busy with. Family I, Guy. I honestly like American Dad more than Family Guy. Ooh, bold. Galen. But then again, I'm really into politics, and I just there, – there's a lot of sort of in political jokes. Yeah, and they, they do a lot more political so. material, and it is I, – I, I like them both. I, I'm just not hitting the gut level the same way that I am with Family Guy. Well, okay, for instance, one of the, I think it was the second episode, maybe second or third episode. There are these uh, two gay um, news anchors. Yes. And – Stan goes off about how he just hates gays and how he's so threatened by gays. And so these two move in next door to him. And he has and no he idea that they're it, gay. He freaks out. <laughs> but it's not because they're gay. It's because they're part of the liberal media. <laughs> See, you judge people for their political affiliation, right. not for their sexual I, orientation. I, I just, There's maybe I'm there. the only person out there that finds humor in this sort of thing. Oh, yeah, it was renewed. Somebody's watching it. No, yeah, it was actually doing pretty well. Actually. Yeah, it is. Because it's follow, uh, it follows Family Guy. Well, yeah. Uh, no, actually, it's the lead. It's in between The Simpsons and Family Guy, if I remember correctly. Well, now. Someone oh, had to be between the two of them uh, because those like, two shows hate each other. So. <laughs> it seems like Fox kind of shovels it up every single week. Just as long as so. I don't have to watch The War at Home, I'm a happy camper. Oh, that show is terrible. That was awful. Horrible. Michael Rappaport's so awful. In everything. In everything. And those, <laughs> and those kids are such brats. I mean, I don't know. I know. It's, you it's you just want it's, to slap them. It's, it's like if you gave Married with Children a lobotomy, you'd have the war at home. And Let's Married with Children compare. wasn't a Mensa quality show to begin with. Married with Children was great. Let's not even compare it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. Gaylor. I've actually had two. The first is Idiocracy. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike Judge film the guy who made Office Space, uh, Beavis and Butthead, um, King of the Hill, King of the Hill, others. Uh, brilliant satire was uh, yanked out of his control, sort of, by the studio. So it's not his favorite edit, but the special effects have been finished for free by Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> and it's still a brilliant satire of the stupefying of American culture, and uh, and a lot of fun. Uh, also, just weird as all hell. So enjoy yourself. Second, uh, to I have to throw this out because uh, it appears to be shrinking in the ratings as people wait for the DVDs. Uh, watch Battlestar Galactica. It's still possibly the most interesting and politically savvy show out there and what it throws out there. And people should watch it, even though they think they'll be dorks because it's sci-fi, because it's actually more uh, like military drama. But it's still called Battlestar Galactica. I know it is. It, it's <laughs> they still really shouldn't that. call it Battlestar they Galactica. They should really. They've got like the loosest <laughs> That was the worst go, move they could have made I know. right there. I keep hearing it's a great show. It is a great a show. A lot of people tell me it's that serial, it's, it's, just, it's as great as a drama, but it's called Battlestar it's Galactica. Serial, though, I refuse yeah. to watch something so called watched. Battlestar Galactica. You have to, it's a serial. You've got to start early, and, and you've got to just close your eyes when the title comes on, and then ignore that and get into the, the Edward James Olmosness of it all. The almost <laughs> just steep, steep in the almostness. That's right. <laughs> Actually, 
very good. And I'm not, I hate bad science fiction. I hate Star Trek uh, and things like that. It's very different. Yeah. Fair enough. My thing that doesn't suck, two things, Children of Men, great movie. It was under-recognized by the Oscar nominations, but we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, go see it. We have a blog post up uh, on our blog on Lawrence.com. Look for it. Uh, second thing that doesn't suck for me. Yesterday, the city of Boston was shut down. <laughs> it was shut down because five mysterious packages, not even packages, five mysterious objects were found around the Boston metro area. Uh, bomb squads were called out. The River Charles was actually closed for a time being. Bridges were closed. Traffic was backed up for hours. Police helicopters were cruising the sky. It looked like a terrorist attack. Uh, there, there's just uh, pandemonium in Boston. They're just being cautious. Hold on. All right. Hold on. It turns out that these objects were, in fact, blinking guerrilla marketing promotional uh, LEDs for the Aqua Teen Hunger Force. A cartoon on the Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. With a movie coming out. Yeah, it has a movie coming out. And that's unfortunate. That <laughs> the city of Boston. Of that horrible show coming out. But, but. <laughs> yes. So, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and their uh, blinking signs that were basically just like uh, one foot by one foot magnets that were sort of slapped up on various public locations around Boston. Um, the bomb squads were called out to destroy these. And you think, oh, well, you know, they, the Cartoon Network and Turner Broadcasting should have known better before they did this. However, these LED signs of the moon and ice, by the way, flipping uh, off people who walk by them, uh, had been there for about a week. Uh, they're in nine other cities, which didn't spaz out. And two guys were arrested for it people that work for the marketing company mm -hmm. that put them up who were just doing their job and they're being accused of perpetrating a hoax even though uh there was no intention for terror or uh, to make it look like a, a terror plot you know what the truth is the truth is people who think they're smart who go to harvard but they think they're smart because they go to harvard and they go to harvard because they can afford it and their families went there before them and so that's why they're actually there don't like being flipped off yeah that and they're uh, they're mostly inbred. It's true because uh, they're mostly uh, Harvard dynasties, Harvard dynasties. Which they're they're bronze. Talk, talk about an, an absolutely overwrought school. <laughs> but anyway, my second thing that didn't suck is that the city of Boston was shut down because of the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie. <laughs> Which talk about promotion. <laughs> and there's all sorts of layers about our our level of fear in this country and uh, uh, paranoia post September 11th. But I I just like focusing on the the fact and that it was a moon and night giving people the bird. That <laughs> shut down the Boston metro area. Well, he, I, he, the, in the Aqua, Aqua Hunger Force uh, movie, should uh, just go with this and be like, coming to a theater near you <laughs> from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, boy, we've been talking for a long time. Um, yes. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here at Punditocracy, our sort of reunion of sorts with the traditional roundtable pundit format. And the table is indeed round. It is round. We are not bullshitting you. This is not false advertising. I'm, I'm a little worried by the KU sports signs that have been clearly hung up in a cross behind us on the wall. <laughs> because B Bill Self is Jesus. I see. 
I don't think you were aware of that. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you'd like to contact us, please send us emails at poundingthepundit at yahoo.com. Leave comments at lawrence.com. Be our friends. Please. At MySpace. MySpace.com backslash punditocracy. Uh, thank you very much, Galen, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. And I have been Gavin. Bye-bye. <laughs>